Hello, you've reached Esther. Unfortunately, I cannot come to the phone right now because I am busy spring cleaning my home as well as my mental space. So please leave a message and let me know how I can reach you back. Once I spruce up my home and clear my mind, I will get back to you. Hope you're having a lovely day. Bye bye. Hey everyone, this is Anna. Welcome back to another episode of Five Years Later. Yay! So as we can see, Esther is busy doing some spring cleaning. So this month has been really busy for both Esther and myself. So we decided to change things up a little bit and do some solo sessions. So for those of you who may be disappointed that Esther is not joining us this week, fear not, we will be back to our usual format very soon. So in the meantime, I invite you all to get settled and get comfy and get ready to enjoy some alone time with me. So in last week's episode, I had prepared some questions for Esther. And similarly, this time Esther has prepared some questions for me. So in no particular order, let's just jump right in and see where this goes. Our first question is, what is something you did this past week that was challenging? What about it made it challenging? And how did you overcome it? Well, something that I had to do that was personally challenging for me is I had to take care of some personal business but this involved having to drive a car. So some of you may not know that I'm not a really big fan of driving. I personally find it kind of stressful in the sense of having to look around and being aware of traffic around you, just the process of changing lanes, being able to navigate where you are, and even just parking the vehicle These are all things that for me are kind of stressful, although for many people, this is probably a very basic life skill that at this point requires very little thought. Uh, Nevertheless, I did have to drive and it did cause some anxiety to overcome it. I spent some time looking up the address and their directions for where I needed to go in Google Maps. And I, I even looked at the preview to try to get a sense of the places that I would have to turn, see where there were some places that would require some extra attention, and even identifying some key landmarks that might be helpful for me along the way. Uh, something else that I should add is I was going to have to be driving alone. And usually I feel a little bit better when someone is in the car with me because I can ask them to help me look out for oncoming traffic and make sure the pathway is clear and they can also help with the navigation. But since I was going to be driving all by myself, I wanted to be as fully equipped as possible. I am proud to say that I successfully did the driving that I needed to do and everything went very smoothly. So Overall, I feel very relieved that it's all behind me, and I also feel very lucky and privileged to live in New York City where I have access to the subway and other modes of public transportation, which generally make things a lot easier for me. Moving on to our next question, 
What would be the gag reel of your life? Tell me some embarrassing slash funny moments you have had. Well, speaking of driving, here's a funny story that I think could definitely be added to this gag reel. When I was in high school, I could be described as a high achieving student. And you would think that that would also apply to driver's ed as well, right? Well, here's where it got interesting. In driver's ed, we had two portions of the class. There's the lecture portion where you learn about the different instructions for driving. You have the book with all of the details. And then there's the real world, hands-on, get behind the wheel, practical experience. Well, when it came to the hands-on training, this was done in small groups with one of our coaches from the school. And it was a group of two other students and myself. And every morning we would stop at a gas station. The purpose of stopping at the gas station was so we could get snacks, get some coffee, use the restroom, etc. And every time we went out driving, the coach would joke with us, make sure you don't spill my coffee, otherwise you're gonna fail this part. Well, one day we were driving around, stopped at the gas station as usual, and the coach stepped out for a minute. This time I was the one behind the wheel and the car was parked, totally stationary, not moving, not doing anything intense, right? Well, it just so happened that one of the other students in the back seat was talking about something. And then I turned around to respond to the remark. And in the process of turning around to look at the kid in the back, I somehow managed to accidentally spill the coach's coffee. And then I got really concerned because I definitely didn't want to fail driver's ed. I mean, that's super embarrassing, right? Well, when the coach came back, I was very embarrassed, apologized profusely, and luckily I didn't actually fail the driver's ed class. But it just goes to show that you got to be careful when you're in the vehicle, even if you're not driving. Some other embarrassing moments that come to mind involve performing on the stage. So I actually already mentioned one of these previously in episode 17, Friendship Never Goes Out of Style. As a quick refresher, in that episode, Esther and I talked about various fashion trends and the evolution of our own personal fashion style. Well, there was also a time where I was performing the Nutcracker when I was in elementary school, and I had a a very embarrassing fashion moment that involved curling my hair with hair rollers, but unfortunately, from not knowing how to properly use them, the end result was not beautiful, voluminous curls. In fact, the end result came out looking more like a very dramatic clown wig. You may think after this unfortunate hair experience, that would have been the end of my embarrassing nutcracker moments. But no, there are more. When I was in high school, we did another performance of the nutcracker. This time, instead of being in the party scene, I was performing in the snow scene. As we were dancing, we have snow that is falling onto the stage, which the snow is kind of like soap suds, or at least it made the stage feel very slippery. 
And it just so happened that there was a section where I was front and center on the stage. And as we are dancing in our point shoes, somehow I managed to slip and totally fall down on my butt right in the center of the stage. Luckily, I wasn't injured and it didn't even hurt. But mostly I was just so shocked that it happened and very surprised that it happened so quickly. Just one second, I was up dancing on my toes in my point shoes. And next thing you know, I was just sitting on the stage. Well, what can you do aside from just get up and keep going, right? So I just kept dancing and it was fine. Hopefully not too many people remember that moment, but I think that's definitely worthy of being added to the gag reel. Lastly, there's one other embarrassing moment that comes to mind, which is kind of funny when I look back on it. So when I was in middle school, I was the winner of our local spelling bee competition, and I was able to attend the National Spelling Bee in Washington, D.C. Well, the following year, as the previous year's winner, I was invited to come back to the spelling bee to recite the Pledge of Allegiance uh, at the beginning of the competition. Well, it just so happened that not too long before that, I had had my wisdom teeth taken out. Somehow, instead of four wisdom teeth, I had five. I'm not really sure how that happened, but luckily they were all taken out. Everything went very smoothly, except for one thing. As a result of this procedure, my cheeks on my face got really swollen. And I basically looked like a chipmunk. And on top of that, because I had the swelling and some bruising on my face, uh, the doctor gave me some ice packs and some kind of headband situation, which had the pockets for the ice packs to go into. So not only did I look like a chipmunk, but I had a literal bandage wrapped around my head with these ice packs poking out, and it was just not a good look. And of course, not only was I embarrassed about having to go up in front of all these people, but the local newspaper was there, they were taking pictures, and looking back on it, I mean, now it's kind of funny, but at the time I was just very embarrassed and not excited about showing my face while I was in that condition. Nevertheless, it was an interesting moment, and now looking back on it, it's kind of funny. Moving on to our next question. Have you seen British Vogue's In the Bag? If not, it is where celebrities share what items are in their bags. If you were to also share what is in your bag, what can we expect? What are the top three items you need and why? So interestingly enough, I had not seen the In the Bag series before. But before this recording, I did take a look to see what it was all about. And I watched the video that featured Paris Goebel for some inspiration. So for those you don't know, Paris Goebel is a dancer and choreographer. She is known for choreographing the Justin Bieber Sorry video, which Esther and I and our dance group, we actually did a dance cover of it before. And she has also choreographed for a number of K-pop artists and other famous celebrities in the music industry. So I feel like there are a lot of things in her bag that I could relate to. For example, headphones, obviously super important. 
especially for commuting and for if you have some downtime, you can listen to music or watch videos on your phone, etc. And for me, headphones are a must because usually when I'm commuting on the train, that's when I listen to music and I'll even start thinking about choreography and movement ideas in my head. In addition to headphones, I almost always carry my water bottle. It's one of those large double-walled insulated containers that keeps liquids hot or cold. And it's nice because it can hold quite a lot of liquid at once. And I'm one of those people who is constantly sipping on water throughout the day. And it's very important to stay hydrated, right? So water bottle is also a must-have. Another thing that I typically carry are icebreakers mints, specifically the cool mint flavor, but sometimes I get the the duo strawberry and mint flavor. And I mean mints, I feel like those are just a good basic item to have. And of course, in addition to these items, I carry the other very standard items such as a wallet or phone, uh, but I feel like these are sort of the more unique items that I have. Here's our next question. As a choreographer and dancer, where do you get your inspiration? Can you please tell me one dance that you choreographed that you are particularly proud of and what about it makes it your favorite? As far as my inspiration for choreographing, usually I tend to take my inspiration from music that I'm listening to. Sometimes there will be a song or some other piece of music where I get really inspired by the melody or I feel like the rhythm is very moving and inspires me to want to create some movement. And as far as specific movements, I feel like I have been really inspired by some of my college dance professors. I feel that my professors have very unique movement styles, which of course were a product of the training that they had from their own dance instructors. And I feel like some of that gets carried on into the movements that I tend to incorporate into my own choreography. As far as dances that I've choreographed that I feel very proud of, there is one dance that definitely stands out. That dance is my choreographic capstone project that I choreographed when I was in college. This was a 10 minute long dance choreographed for six dancers. And I feel really proud of it because I had never even to this day, choreographed something that was that long before. The music that I picked was an instrumental piece performed by the Kronos Quartet. And I also reached out to the music librarian at my college to ask for her help in getting the score for the music. I remember the first time that I heard the music, I remember feeling that it would work really well with choreography because the melodies are constantly changing the rhythm is very driving and very compelling. And I just felt like it would be very fulfilling for me to use this music to choreograph. And so once I got the score, it was very helpful in helping me to organize the different sections that I wanted to choreograph. And it was also helpful in counting out the beats for the music. Usually a lot of music is in four. So for example, when you hear dancers count, five, six, seven, eight in a rehearsal, you know that the music is probably in four count measures. But in this case, the music was in five count measures. So it was a little bit trickier to keep that in mind and make sure that everyone was dancing on the correct beat. 
having a score was really interesting because I could also see the different melodies and harmonies and assign different dancers to perform specific movements according to each instrumental voice throughout the course of the dance. Creating this piece involved not only choreographing movements that were technical and artistic and compelling for the audience to watch, it also involved music analysis of the score. So by combining all those elements together, it felt very personally fulfilling for me to have this vision come to life. All right, now we just have a couple more questions left to go. For our next question, we already recorded more than 25 episodes for five years later. Yay! Is there another episode topic or topics that way you would like to revisit and create a part two on? And why those topics? I feel like this is a very interesting question because there have been a lot of times where after we finish recording an episode, I'll end up texting Esther to say, Esther, I just thought of this other thing that I forgot to talk about during the episode. Or Esther, I just thought of this other thing that's relevant that would be interesting for us to discuss or explore further. Obviously, there is a limited amount of time with each episode and there's only so much we can say on the topic in that amount of time. But there are definitely a couple episodes that I think would be interesting to explore further. One of those is episode two, where we talked about Asian foods. As far as that episode is concerned, most of our conversation focused on Korean food and Chinese food, since those are the Asian foods that we are most familiar with. However, as many of you have noticed, in almost every episode, at some point, we end up talking about food or something delicious that we've eaten. And in terms of the different countries of Asia, the cuisines are very varied and diverse. So I would love for us to talk more about Asian foods from other countries and perhaps even invite some guests who are more familiar about those different foods to join us in those conversations. Another episode that I would love for us to revisit and expand on is episode three, where we talked about our friends of the past, present, and future. So obviously our podcast revolves around the theme of friendship and of course focuses on the friendship between myself and Esther. And personally, the friends that I have play a very huge role in my life. Without friends, I really feel like life would be very bland, very boring, and very uneventful. So thank you to all of my friends. You really inspire me to be the person that I am now. And I hope to continue to grow and learn from you all. And finally, for our last question, in one of our previous episodes, we wrote letters to our five years later selves. Instead of talking to the future you, if you were to give advice to you of the past, for example, you in your 20s or straight out of college, what would you tell yourself? This can be specific to your situation and or general advice for those who will be graduating next month. Well, my advice probably applies more for people going to grad school after college. When I look back on my grad school experience, I feel like it was kind of hard to connect with other people who were in my graduate program. I felt very intimidated by many of them because they were all very smart and very intelligent, very ambitious and driven. And as a result of feeling intimidated by them, 
I felt that it was hard to connect with them both on a professional and personal level. And I feel that I became very withdrawn into myself and focused mostly on my grades and my assignments. Well, the advice I would give to my past self is just to relax and not put so much pressure on myself. Instead, I would encourage my past self to think about it more as a professional setting and think about, well, after we graduate, all these people will be my colleagues, right? So I would encourage myself to just reach out to these other people, get out of your comfort zone, and get to know my classmates. At the end of the day, we're all working for a common good, which is the health of the public. So there's really nothing to be intimidated about. For other people who may find themselves in a similar situation where they might feel like it's hard to connect with others in the program, don't be afraid to be yourself and try to step out of your comfort zone every once in a while. All right. Well, those are all the questions that we have for today. Thank you, Esther, for these questions. You gave me a lot to think about while I was preparing for this episode. As we wrap up this episode, I invite you all to subscribe on all platforms, leave a rating, five stars please, and write a review. If you have any specific comments or feedback you'd like to share, you can find us on Instagram at fiveyearslater underscore podcast and send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. With that, we will wrap up for today and looking forward to seeing you all at our next episode. Bye for now.